Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, June 28, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. You know, today is National Insurance Awareness Day. Woo. And this is my insurance policy that you're going to get a good show today. She is always looking super duper behind the wheel of her fully insured Mini Cooper. Is. She is the Khaleesi of Leslieville. She is Natasha Biaze. How you doing, my friend? Well, that always just makes my day. So I'm doing quite well. Nobody greets me like you do or introduces me. So thank you. How you doing today? Uh, you know what? Um busy as hell and mm -hmm. that's the way uh-huh uh-huh i like it as casey and the sunshine band used to say uh because the alternative to be bored out of your mind um is incomprehensible to yeah. me so uh, and you know what um i gotta tell you natasha we're kind of like a uh, a one-man gang rebel news that is in terms of bringing the other side of the story there are some others out there too post-millennial and there's uh true north, uh, true north. But, um, you know, I wonder if not for us, how many of the stories that we cover would ever get reported or more importantly, covered fairly, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to some kind of uh, Praetorian Guard, state-funded media party narrative, which is increasingly what we're finding these days now that so much of the media is not only, you know, funded by your federal tax dollars, folks. But in the case of Torstar Corporation, your provincial tax dollars. Of course, I make mention of uh, Torstar getting that half billion dollar a year Christmas gift from Doug Ford. Um, I want a piece of that. Oh, I would like that, too. <laughs> you know, it's in inexplicable because I remember the days not too far away a decade ago or so where Doug and Rob would refer to um, the Toronto Stars being the worst of the worst. A bunch of maggots was oh, the comment. Uh, I'm not paraphrasing here. And suddenly uh, a monkey tosses a bone in the air. It's 10 years later and um, the tour star can't make money with its uh, newspapers. So it goes into the online gambling business. It needs um, a favor. And Doug is there to give them a half billion dollar a year uh, gambling license. How do you make sense of that? You don't. I mean, that de <laughs> certainly that statement of his did not age well, I guess. No. Yeah. You know, I guess, or I guess the maggots, uh, they went through a metamorphosis oh, and yeah, became beautiful butterflies. butterflies or something like that. Yeah. But, but I'd ask Doug, but every time I show up to a Ford Nation event, I'm threatened with arrest. How do you like that? Oh, well, that's just so democratic. Yes. Well, Wonderful. The world, the world is upside down. Anyways, this is your uh, role to tell yep. the folks what the ostensible policy reason is of this show. Yeah, so this is the Rebel News Daily live stream, which airs every weekday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, different hosts throughout the week. Uh, so we usually stream on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, um, and if you want to send your chats throughout the show, we would love to read them throughout. Um, and you just send us a couple bucks. We'll see. You can even see your message on screen. And we love to read them. It's fun to get your feedback, hear from you, hear what you guys are thinking. And we really appreciate your little donations as well. They help keep the lights on. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, of course, as much as we love YouTube... Uh, in terms of its reach, and I think we have over 1.5 yeah. million subscribers, Natasha. If there are certain issues that YouTube, because they are a 
censorious thug based in Silicon Valley takes a dim view of, that would be a contrarian uh, viewpoint to the <laughs> coronavirus uh, narrative. That would be speaking of electoral fraud. Oh, um, 2016 electoral fraud, you can fill your boots with that, but not 2020 electoral fraud. Then we have to bid adieu. You know, YouTube to me, Natasha, uh, and those in the greater Toronto area will know what I mean. They are like the electronic toll highway 407. <laughs> I love how it moves the traffic. Even at the height of rush hour, you are just zooming along at highway speed instead of being in gridlock. But man, oh man, when I get that bill, it is just, is the mob running this highway? Your analogies. I mean, just, what's that? Your analogies are like no other. You well, it's write a book. What I'm saying, it's love-hate. Yeah, right? no, for sure. I love-hate the ETR. I love-hate YouTube. So anyways, I don't see anything... Um, I don't think we'll have to move over, but you know yeah. what? It's Menzies and I, so who the heck knows? <laughs> um, should we get into our first yes, topic please. then? Fire away, my dear. All righty. So as some of you may know, uh, Rebel News broke the story last night that convoy organizer Tamara Litch was arrested in Medicine Hat. Um, so for so, those of you who don't know, she was the leader of the trucker convoy and she was arrested and held for a few weeks without bail. And then she was finally arrested released uh, and an extremist judge put political conditions on her. Uh, basically, she's not allowed to criticize the government. And yesterday, last night, she was arrested again, uh, according to her lawyer, Keith Wilson, and her alleged breach is being photographed with Tom Marazzo at the Toronto JCCF award dinner. Yikes. You know what? I was at that dinner. Yeah. Uh, it was almost two weeks ago, two weeks ago tomorrow. And uh, it was an amazing event. Uh, Tamara Leach was receiving uh, the George Jonas uh, Freedom Award, and boy, did she ever deserve it. Yeah. I got to tell you, folks, uh, her acceptance speech, she uh, knocked it out of the ballpark. Rex Murphy had the greatest line. He was the keynote speaker. He goes, how do I follow that? <laughs> um, there is so much substance to this woman. And here, if this is true, if that was the breach of her bail conditions, and she was, when when she was making the speech, she was very um, careful, noting that, there she is, that she had to follow strict bail conditions, yeah. such as staying off social media. I, I, I can't believe that's a thing. Here is this, you know, brave, proud, Métis grandmother, and uh, she is forbidden from going on social media. But I'm telling you, this is where I smell a rat, uh, Natasha. Okay. This, if this is true, if that's the reason that um, she is being uh, put back in into uh, um, custody, that dinner, as I said, was precisely 13 days ago. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? And you know they are watching her like a hawk. And in fact, I wouldn't doubt if. Um, Tamara Leach has her phone tapped, much like Rob Stocky and several others that we've met. Uh, you don't find out until after the fact that, oh, by the way, from this date to this date, we were monitoring your phone calls and your, uh, your internet travel. Here's the thing. I'll tell you why I smell a rat. As you know, on Friday, that's Dominion Day, Canada Day for you young ones out there. <laughs> and the thing is, they want... I'm... I might be wrong, but I'm thinking they're going to rag the puck in terms of releasing her. And that means keeping her away from a public forum in Ottawa on Dominion Day. Uh, I think that's what this is all about, because 
if this if it goes down to the George Jonas dinner that uh, we attended, then why wasn't she arrested the very next day? Yeah, and we already know that the city of Ottawa is preparing for Canada Day oh, protests, yeah. and they're they're really on the offensive here, it seems, to just try to prevent freedom-loving Canadians from celebrating freedom. Like, I don't get it. Do they not understand what the meaning of Dominion Day or Canada Day is? Uh, no, they don't. It, you know, it's so perversely ironic, yeah. uh, you know, Tesh. I mean, this is the 40th anniversary of... Um, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms brought in by Justin's uh, father. Who would have guessed that Junior would be putting that through the paper shredder? <laughs> it, it's almost as though, you know, I've made this analogy before. Uh, 20 odd years ago, there was a fantastic uh, film, uh, Minority Report, starring Tom Cruise. And it's a dystopian future, which I think has arrived actually right here in Canada, oh, where yeah. um, with the use of psychics, the pre-crimes unit, as they're known, will arrest, try, convict, and jail you based on a crime you might do in the very near future. Um, of course, something goes wrong with one of the psychics, which makes uh, you know the Tom Cruise character uh, question the whole system. But this is what this is all about. This is, um, if our theory is right, um, believing that Tamara Leach is going to um, commit a future crime. Mm -hmm. So the pre-crimes unit uh, comes in and makes sure she's cordoned off from the masses. And with the likes of Tom Stockey, if you haven't seen that video, folks, this is an ex-law enforcement officer, an ex-officer of Ottawa Police Service, zero criminal record. He had his phones and his electronic devices monitored um, for no other reason he can tell then he appeared at the freedom rallies. Um, it, it's astonishing because normally the benchmark for that kind of surveillance, uh, Natasha, we're talking terrorists, we're talking mafiosa types, yeah. right? These are people that are hell-bent on violence, murder, mayhem, you, na you name it. And an ex-cop shows up at a freedom rally, and much like the story du jour here, Tamara Leach, uh, there's Tom right there, um, doesn't look like uh, a man with trouble on his shirt, uh, yeah. as the Bruce Springsteen lyric goes. And with Tamara Leach being arrested, oh, how convenient, just three days before July 1st. Yeah. Uh, I think I smell a rat here. Well, yeah, and as Sheila even tweeted last night, she said, apparently this tiny Métis grandmother is the biggest threat to public safety in Trudeau's Canada. And it's true, like, aren't there bigger fish to fry? Like, the same with this officer officer you're speaking of. Like, there must be other criminals in Canada that they could be targeting rather than freedom-loving Canadians. Like, how is that a crime? Yeah, other criminals in Canada they could target. Well, they, like, I, mean, I mentioned terrorism, like Omar Khadr. They targeted him for a Lotto Max jackpot yeah. of $10.5 million in 2016. I guess you fail upwards in this country. <laughs> you know, Omar Carter, our homegrown Al-Qaeda terrorist, killed a U.S. serviceman, partially blinded another, and for basically hurt feelings, Natasha, he gets an eight-figure check, whereas, as Sheila says, this Métis grandmother, yeah. uh, what are her weapons? I guess to quote uh, Max Bernier, is it her thoughts? Is it her statements? Are those what you mean by weapons? She's um, being uh, persecuted based on thought crimes? Yeah. No, it's crazy. And like, how, how is getting your photo taken with someone, how does that warrant an arrest? Like, look at Trudeau's blackface photo photos. He gets off scot-free 
And yet this like grandmother is taking a photo with a fellow freedom lover and she's being arrested. You know, that is a great point. Um, this is just two adults having a photograph together. They're on the right page in terms of the Freedom Convoy. And uh, what did we see with the media? They were apologetic of Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. A prime minister, in his own words, he can't remember how many times because th there you go. There's the Arabian Nights uh, gala. Um, I think that's also, could you also call, uh, you know, uh, say that Justin Trudeau there was committing cultural appropriation with the turban on uh, there. I would uh, think so. Yeah. Isn't that a big deal with the left these days? And then with the, um, I think that was brown face. Then there was the black face photos. Mm -hmm. You know what I find the most shocking of the black face photos, Natasha, the ones we've seen, and maybe we can dig one up. <laughs> There's so always, many. <laughs> well, he, it's, I think this is even more offensive than the actual black paint he puts on his white face. It's his, he's always sticking his tongue out. Is this how Justin Trudeau thinks black people walk about during the day? They've got their dogs, their tongues out like they're panting dogs or something? Yeah, it's gross. I mean, what's the deal with that? No, it's so gross. And <laughs> I, I, it's funny that the left always turns a blind eye to, to his... Uh, We're going to see it now. now, now Look, what's with the tongue? Right? I don't know. And look how vested he is in the blackface. He's done his arms. His he's whole done body. his legs. Like that's commitment. <laughs> and then the tongue again. Um, yeah, it's, wow. not, it's not good. It's not Jeez good. He's Louise. Yeah. Um, um, so here, here's the deal, folks. Um, in case you don't know, there's going to be a bunch of rebels descending upon Ottawa. Gee, I, I, I shouldn't be saying this. Maybe no, I would, I would be careful there. <laughs> this might tip off the Ottawa yeah. Police Service. But uh, tomorrow, uh, Mauricio and I uh, will be heading out there. And uh, we'll be there for July 1st, Dominion Day, Canada Day, whatever you want to call it. Although, we'll get to this later in Winnipeg. It's not even Canada Day anymore. It's New Day, right? But um, I don't know what that is. Uh, neither do I, <laughs> yeah. or I would imagine almost all 38 million uh, Canadians. But we are going to do our damnedest um, to try to make sense out of this Tamara Leach uh, persecution. Because I, as I understand it, uh, is she uh, on her way back to Ottawa? Is that the idea? I think that's the plan. There, uh, I think the Ottawa police tweeted that she's been arrested for breach of court conditions and that she'll be returned to Ottawa to appear in court. I think they said it like within, is it six days? I think it was. And uh, there's a Canada-wide a Canada warrant. Ooh. So that's that's a bit threatening. You know, um, you know Natasha, I, I hope the Ottawa police service do their due diligence and make sure she's handcuffed and she has leg cuffs on. Oh, by the way, why don't we go full Hannibal Lecter here? Why don't we put a goalie mask on her uh, yeah. so she doesn't bite anyone and strap her to a gurney as well? Because obviously this is a clear and present danger to Canadian uh, society. Just give me a break. The thing is, though, I think the Ottawa police will be a bit busy blocking roads in Ottawa to prevent any sort of shenanigans or occupiers, as they call them, from uh, <laughs> taking place in Ottawa for Canada Day. Celebrations. I know. You like, know, but and how it, much money is this going to cost? But it's funny. Um, oh, I'm having a brain cramp here, Natasha. Forgive me. They didn't mind it when a couple of years ago uh, they had occupiers of the green movement. Remember that woman who claimed uh, she cycled from Calgary to Ottawa? Uh, and if you believe that, I mean, I don't 
want to be mean here, but I'm looking at her and there's no way she's like Calgary to Ottawa. Yeah, I've got some (laughs) infrastructure in Brooklyn that will sell you for a good deal. But they didn't mind when she turned the National War Memorial into a pigsty with a fake protest, by the way. We went up there and we went into, there was all these tents, folks, and this is what they like to do. Look how many people are camping out in the frigid February winter of Ottawa. And then we started opening tents. We're knocking on them. Hello, Avon calling. Nobody's in the tents. It's just her. But it was a pigsty at the National War Memorial. That was okay. Before Justin Trudeau uh, became prime minister, um, again, I'm having another brain cramp. There was that uh, native uh, female chief. Uh, who was who set up a hunger strike? Oh yeah, what hell of a hunger strike! I think she gained weight. <laughs> right? All right, well, and it was discovered she was. By the way, when it got really cold, she went across the street to the hotel Classic. to wait it out. But that kind of occupation is okay. But this kind of occupation, people losing their jobs, their livelihoods, um, you know, because of uh, vaccine mandates and and the rest, uh, you're not allowed to speak because that goes against the Trudeau liberal narrative. I I think this is despicable, Natasha. Yeah, it is. There's just such a clear attack on freedom. And I think that what's crazy is the government and the powers that be, like their definition, if you're not using their definition of freedom, it doesn't matter. Like, and it's it's gross. Like there's only one way to define freedom. In my opinion, I think the dictionary is pretty clear. I'm sorry, Ottawa mayor. I don't think yours <laughs> fits the bill. Oh, uh, Jim Watson's a disgrace. Yeah. Uh, that is a name that does not escape my memory. <laughs> and, um, y- you know, I, I w- speaking of mayors and politicians, I want to ask um, Natasha, where are those freedom loving politicians, especially on the right? Because we know where the left stands on this. Mm-hmm. Where is the ruckus that they're making about this um, Tamara Leach arrest? This is obviously politically motivated. She's no danger to anyone in any shape or form. All I've seen is Maxine Bernier, the leader of the PPC party, come on and uh, denounce this as outrageous, uh, which it is. But um, all these um, right-of-center politicians who say they back this movement. Well, you know, as Clara Peller, the old spokeslady for uh, Wendy's used to say, uh, where's the beef? Yeah, there's Maxine Bernier's tweet. This is disgusting. No, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in the wake of a leadership candidate election for the Conservative Party of Canada, you think they'd be like full steam ahead trying to prove to Canadians that they're not the red Tory that Aaron O'Toole was and that when they when whoever becomes a leader, they will actually be the opposition party that Canada's yearning for. Yeah. And if they can't speak out about this, like how are they going to defend our rights and freedoms when they're in government? Like it's a simple it's a simple thing to comment on, frankly, you know. Hey, Patrick Brown, what about you? Where do you, where do you stand? Not that we believe a single word you say. I mean, you know, this is this is a cat that would spit in your face, Natasha, and tell you it's raining. But uh, I, but I guess you're too busy on your uh, major platform uh, plank of getting the Tamil Tigers delisted as a terrorist group in Canada. Because you know what? Uh, you want to play out to, oh, I don't know, the pro-Tamil Tiger terrorist supporters. Can you imagine that? That's okay. And he gets a pass on that, um, Natasha. But speaking up for 
a patriot, a freedom fighter. Ooh, that's a little radioactive. Don't want to go there. I know. How is it at all controversial to defend Tamara Leach? Like, how is this controversial? <laughs> like, know. she's a grandma. She cares about freedom. Freedom for all of us, whether you're on the left or the right. Like, I don't understand why this is at all controversial. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I'm if, mistaken. If I don't know. Is her speech at the George Jonas uh, Freedom Award dinner, Natasha, is it posted anywhere? Because if it is, I urge our viewers to watch it, you will be blown away. It was a bases loaded grand slam. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, it, it, this is a very thoughtful uh, person. Um, this isn't just some, you know, figurehead. She is very well spoken and very well thought out on what freedom means. And uh, to see the lack of support, mm -hmm. especially for those people that are you know, fighting to be the conservative leader. Uh, I think it's shameful. It is. It is. And it. I think it's going to a lot of people are going to start to distrust the conservative party even more if they fail yeah. to comment on things like this. Um, should we move on to another story about just how crazy things are in the wake of the freedom movement? Well, so they used to say on laughing, suck it to me, baby. All righty. So, uh, guys. Before your time, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend I understand him. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, so apparently, y'all, Canadians are becoming flag phobic yep. in the wake of the freedom movement, according to a so-called Brock expert. An expert. Okay. Yeah. Um, didn't know you could be like literally afraid of a flag because isn't that what being pho phobic is? We have many examples. Yes, we uh, do. <laughs> indeed, uh, our colleague Tabitha Peters and I went to Sunderland, Ontario yesterday. That video might be up later today or tomorrow. But um, this is proof in the pudding about how, I don't know, uh, uncomfortable some people are with the Canadian flag now that it became a symbol the world over of the freedom movement. You mean we, we from India to Australia, we saw similar protests, mm -hmm. Natasha, where the Canadian flag was being uh, waved in homage to the people in Ottawa and Coots right. and Windsor. And um, this story, folks, is a uh, uh, the Lions Club in Sunderland was uh, planning to give, and I think there's, that's still going through, the Grade One students at Sunderland School. Um, a little Canadian flag and to sit down with them and talk about why uh, Canada is a great country. <gasps> Whoa, that apparently is uh, third rail stuff to the principal, Jennifer Fisher at Sunderland Public School, because she sent out permission forms. See, the Western <gasps> Standard had it. So um, and it wasn't about going on a field trip. It wasn't about a school dance. It was about do you allow little Davy or little Natasha to accept a Canadian flag, you know, because, you know, and, and by the way, there was no reason given for this. And I believe Principal Fisher is curled up in the fetal position in the staff lounge now because there's been so much blowback on this. So well, good. But, well, I agree. I mean, what I'm what's unfortunate is the poor secretarial staff have to field the angry calls. Yeah, it's not certainly. their decision. And uh, the Durham School Board has to give out an official reason. And the official reason was um, the first one. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but <laughs> it was based on environmentalism. Now, I know the Canadian flag has a leaf in it, but that's what, not what they mean. They mean that, well, maybe the child's folks already have a Canadian flag, so this would be redundant. Or, no. 
hand to God. <laughs> oh my or, goodness. Or maybe they're not going to use it, which again means it's redundant and goes in the trash. So we want to save the environment. And the second one was uh, suddenly the Durham District School Board is speaking for Canada's native community. There might be some indigenous folk that look upon the Canadian flag through a different uh, prism and it's not positive. Uh, by the way, they have no statistics to back that of up. Of course not. It's so, a baseless yeah. accusation. But I, also, I think, like, the, didn't most Canadians support the convoy? Like, I think a lot of Canadians were in support of the convoy. And I also don't think that the convoy owns the flag. Like, I don't necessarily associate the Canadian flag with the convoy. I can I associate, so, associate it with so much more. I mean... Oh, 100%. You know? Well, uh, if you go to uh, that video went up yesterday, Recipe International, or sorry, Recipe Unlimited in Vaughan, Ontario, um, probably has the largest flagpole that can be seen from Highway 400. The Canadian flag has been taken down. It's, oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Is there like a pride flag hanging up? Or Oh, you better believe it. And okay. it's uh, it's big enough to, uh, <laughs> there you go, Recipe oh, nice. for Disaster. And I'm saying, you know what? You want to fly the pride flag? That's Okay. Why don't you flag, fly both flags? Now, I know the flag purists out there will say, no, 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 uh, under protocol, you're, each flag has to have its separate flagpole. But I can tell you, a lot of places uh, do fly more than one flag on the same flagpole. The Canadian flag, of course, the unwritten rule is always be on top, right? Right. But um, and, and Recipe, by the way, is another company that has a director of communications that doesn't communicate. Oh. So why is she there? Because we couldn't get the rationale. And oh one of the gosh. questions, uh, Natasha, was this. Is Recipe, which owns so many food service chains, Harvey's, Swiss Chalet, St. Hubert, The Keg, wonderful restaurants, I'll mm -hmm. give them that. But is this part of the reason that, um, as you alluded to, this is a company that's become flag phobic because oh, you know, that Canadian flag too closely associated with the freedom movement. It's insane. And, and and part of the some of the writing in this article, he mentions that Canada is still searching for its national identity. And it's like, is are we? Are we, though? I uh, mean, no, I don't um, think so. Well, and by the way, that last shot. Yeah, that's the next door neighbor for recipe unlimited uh, melee. And look, that's how it's done. They have three flagpoles. Yeah. One has the pride flag, one has their corporate flag, and one has the Canadian flag. So um, how is it that a multi-billion dollar conglomerate like Recipe uh, can't get this right? And can't afford point, more than one flag? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, shockers, right? Yeah. And, uh, or is the question that members of the LGBT plus... I don't know the official. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I'm missing I some. The whole alphabet. Letters. Yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes why? Yeah. Is there some connotation by recipe that these people are flag phobic, that they don't like the Canadian flag? I don't think that's true. No. I know gay people that are very proud Canadians. So yeah. what is it? But the point is, folks, we don't have an answer. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they, we went there to pay them a house call and they, they wouldn't say. And by the way, when Tabitha and I went to Sunderland School, we met a woman and her uh, Ford Escape SUV was adorned with two little Canadian flags. And we knew that would be a friendly interview and it was. We got a load of this, Natasha. We were talking about this. Mm -hmm. And even in little Sunderland, Ontario, even on her own street, she told us, she'll drive by certain people 
There's no decals, there's no bumper stickers, there's no F Trudeau flags, there's nothing like that. Two little Canadian flags, and you know what? She has given the middle finger. Yeah. I oh could. my goodness. So there is now, I think, an association of the Canadian flag with the Freedom Convoy and Natasha. Freedom to so many members on the progressive left is the new F word. Yeah, that's insane. I know. <laughs> I'm just, and it's crazy because I live in Leslieville and you walk down the streets of Leslieville and it's, there are gay flags everywhere. Literally <laughs> everywhere. I don't even, like, no Canadian flags really. Isn't that something? It's crazy that, it's crazy. Like, people fought, for, like, died for our country's freedom. Like, the flag yeah. is a symbol of, like, their sacrifice and, like, you're just crapping on them. Like our Canadians are crapping on their on their efforts. On like they risk their lives. It's just appalling to me. I'm truly appalled. Uh, I I'm amazed. And you know what? It might be. Uh, oh, uh, I I've been told. Get a load of this, folks. We have to take a commercial break. So I believe it's about. It's either a promo for the Great Reset trailer or our Dominion Day swag. Let's check it out. Canada is not a dirty word. Canada is not a racist country. Canada is the true North strong and free. This Canada Day, if you want to remind the Canadians who have forgotten what Canada is really about, go to rebelnewsstore.com and check out our new exclusive line for Canada Day, as well as our other gear for the Patriots at home. You can even save when you use coupon code CANADA25 on two items or more. And all purchases go to support our journalism here at Rebel News, which is completely independent from the government. Happy Canada Day. Nice. Love it. What a wonderful ad. But then again, what does um, a black female know about racism? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's just incredible. I'm, um, And, you know, it's funny when you do have people of color speak out in support of Canada and it's not racist. They are the ones that get the most vicious oh, yeah. attacks from the left. From white liberals. It's always oh, yeah. white people telling them, like, like throwing these racial slurs at them. It's it's so gross. It, and you're like, you are exactly what you claim to hate. Exactly. It, it's almost as though they appropriate the Rock's famous catchphrase, which is know your role and <laughs> shut your mouth. It's, horrible. it's embarrassing. Uh, but um, Drea Humphrey uh, looked resplendent in that. I got to tell you, uh, and by the way, folks, um, I don't think it was shown in that clip for you old schoolers that pine for Dominion Day like me. Uh, we do have a happy Dominion Day um, shirt. Uh, shirt. Yes. It, it's got a Mountie on it now. That might not be the most appropriate yes. symbol We need anymore. to edit it out. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, maybe we have to go with the beaver or <laughs> a moose or something like that. Um, but uh, these are all Canada Day shirts. I'm sure we're going to get to... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, that's not it. Nope, that's, that's a moose. Canada. I know we have it because I have one. I'm going to wear it in Ottawa on my uh, free time. Freedom isn't free. Love that shirt. Maybe no, they took not... it down. Holy mackerel. Did Dominion Day get canceled? How Pro dare you? Well, probably. Probably. Well, trust me, folks. It does exist. It does. It I does. I've one. seen it. Um, should we move on to... Uh, <laughs> this is a fun one. This is a really fun one. Right. So, uh, guys, a majority of Canadians disapprove of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. 
Surprise, Knock surprise. Me down with a feather. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, and uh, as Richard Dawson used to say, survey says, what is that percentage? Uh, yes. So, according to a new Angus Reid poll, only 8% of Canadians strongly approve of Justin Trudeau, while 41% strongly disapprove. Overall, the Angus Reid Institute found that 59% of Canadians polled moderately or strongly disapproved of Trudeau, while only 38% showed any approval for his job as prime minister. 3% said they weren't sure. My God, uh, you know, those Bad. are atrocious numbers. You know, in the 70s, there was a show called Eight is Enough. Uh, no, it's <laughs> not enough. Yeah. 8% strongly approve of this guy. By the way, could... If any of you are watching and you're a member of the 8%, please send out a, um, a super chat to us. Explain yeah. why it is. Because, you know, uh, I'll tell you, for years now, Natasha, I've asked a very simple and I think a very fair question of liberal supporters. That's when I go to a liberal event. I can't get inside. They won't allow me. So I speak to the people in the lineups outside. And my question is simply this. In the last blank number of years, mm -hmm. what has been Justin Trudeau's greatest accomplishment? And these are pro-liberal supporters. These are Justin Trudeau fanboys and fangirls. Nobody can give me an answer. Well, <laughs> perhaps it's because, according to this article, inflation is at its highest in 39 years. Wow. 39 years. People are expressing concern that they won't be able to feed their families due to overwhelming inflation. And apparently Stats Canada report shows that one in five Canadians are likely to rely on food banks this year. And what's Trudeau doing about it? What's he doing about oh, it? Oh, he's stocking his private aircraft with thousands right. of dollars worth of liquor and uh, other uh, uh, marvelous edibles. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not just, you know, when you look at inflation, there's a hidden statistic there, folks. And I don't know if you notice this when you go to the supermarket, Natasha. But there's what I guess you can call it shrinkflation, which yes. is you pick up something that used to be, say, 500 grams, and it's now 430 grams. It's the same price. Same price, yeah. right? So technically, I guess that's not inflation, but it's Shrinkflation, it, it is hurting you financially because oh, you're yeah. not getting the same. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Kat, uh, Alexis and I talked about this on a live stream a few weeks ago. Like even notice like a bag of chips. It's like half full. <laughs> but the price is the price is either the same or more as it was several years ago. It's insane. And I mean, if you can't afford to live in your own country, like people like what are people? We're so limited into what we can do, especially when, you know, mandates have finally dropped. We can board a plane and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't even afford to travel. Like, oh, no. Like the lockdown is inflation. A hundred percent. And let's not forget the one of the biggest gorillas in the inflationary room, which is shameful given our mineral wealth in Canada. And that's the price of the pump. You yeah. know, last week, I'm driving in North Toronto and it looked like a scene from the zombie apocalypse. It was cars at every gas station lined up. And I'm talking about some of these cars must have been in line 25 minutes yeah. to get to the pump. The price of gas was $1.92.9. That triggers a stampede. Well, I guess when we've seen gas in the GTA, uh, GTA at least, get close to 225, yeah. I guess it does. Can you imagine that? that no. A buck 93 is considered a bargoon. I know. And, and all <laughs> the government needs to do is 
rely on our natural resources. Yes. That would literally solve all of our inflation problems. That and maybe, you know, not printing so much money there, Trudeau. But, you well, know, it's crazy. That's the thing. We wouldn't have to print so much money, exactly, Natasha. Exactly, yeah. You know, uh, name me another nation in the world, an oil producing nation. Well, I guess under the, the Biden US, administration. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if we go back two years ago, that wasn't the case of where course. America was a net energy exporter. Yeah. Now you have the grotesque spectacle of Biden begging OPEC uh, to give more supply. Um, but we have trillions of dollars of mineral wealth. Mm -hmm. That is basically landlocked because yeah. you can't get pipelines made to deliver it to market. And yet we import Saudi Arabian oil. And if you don't have a problem with that, folks, I'll tell you this. Please read the big boss man's book, Ezra Levant, about 10 years ago, wrote a book called Ethical Oil, mm -hmm. which is the stuff we have in Canada. Uh, I don't think the Saudis have a human rights record they can brag about. So why do we turn the other cheek when it comes to that oil? That's still carbon. Yeah. And this is a liberal government obsessed with our yeah. carbon footprints. Why do we import it from some of the worst regimes in the world? And yet our Canadian ethical oil, which would boost the economy, which would create thousands of well-paying jobs, jobs, by the way, that a lot of indigenous people are involved with mm -hmm. when it comes to the oil patch, because I know this government's all about uh, indigenous issues. Well, mm -hmm. they say they are. I mean, when it's, you know, um, Indigenous Day and Justin Trudeau buggers off to Tofino to go surfing, I Priorities. don't know. Yeah, I don't know if his yeah. heart's really in it. But <laughs> this is shameful. Yeah. And we know from uh, some of the candidates, especially Pierre Polyev, uh, that's going to end uh, come regime change. And if he's true to Hopefully, his word, yeah. yeah. yeah and well, defunding the CBC. Well, you think that with such a low approval rating that Trudeau is aware of this and he's like, maybe I should try to, you know, switch things up a bit. Like, it's insane. You're right. And I would say on two fronts, you know, the energy front, um, he could say something like this. And I think liberals would accept this, that. We understand we're in the midst of a climate crisis, a climate emergency, oh, however yeah. they want to refer to it, folks. <laughs> but at this you know, stage in time, with so many Canadians facing the prospect of ex-liberal Dan Mateig, what he says, you either um, you get heat or eat, mm -hmm. but you don't get both. He's yeah. talking about in the wintertime, of course, that we have to build some of these pipelines and maybe we can work on other green initiatives when this inflationary uh, and stagflationary uh, period is over. I think that's reasonable. But no, no. it's virtue signaling. And maybe, just maybe, uh, Natasha, this is a prime minister who knows that he has already passed the best before date. Right. I don't think he's electable. Um if they do last with the help of Jugmeet Singh till 2025, uh, I think it's going to be a bloodbath mm -hmm. because of the economic trauma. And um, he uh, he doesn't care. He's so entitled. He'll never suffer. Yeah. He'll never go a day, you know, <laughs> without a silver spoon in his mouth. Yeah, it's at our expense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some would say maybe Klaus Schwab has something to do with this. So maybe this is a good segue to show a trailer for the Great Reset documentary. Yes. Can, are we able to pull that up? What does the bad Klaus, as, as opposed <laughs> to the Santa Claus, have to say? <laughs>
When it was first published in 2016, the fourth industrial revolution made the case that technology and digitization will revolutionize everything. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. Making the overused and often ill-used adage, this time is different. Simply put, major technology innovations are on the brink of fueling momentous change throughout the world. In the four short years since, technology progressed and moved impressively fast. AI is now all around us, from drones and voice recognition to virtual assistants and translation software. Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned, we don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Our mobile devices have become a permanent and integral part of our personal and professional lives helping us on many different fronts. Anticipations, our needs, listening to us and locating us, even when asked not to do so. Tash, is it just me or does Klaus Schwab come across as a James Bond villain or yes. better yet, Dr. Evil from the Austin Powers movie? Yeah. I'm almost expecting him to put his yeah. pinky finger on his lip when he starts speaking. Um, the only thing is, those are fictional properties. This is very much real. What's yeah. your take? Well, it just makes it all the more sinister, frankly. I yeah. mean, and you guys should definitely check out this docu-series. Mm -hmm. Lewis Brackpool's been working on it, Kean Simone, Dave Shrigley. And you can uh, check it out at ExposeTheReset.com. I think the first episode is out, and this is going to be the second one. So definitely check it out and, and, you know, give us a few bucks to support their docu-series so that Rebel News can make more great stuff like this. And again, Natasha, when it comes to, I keep a category of news stories, which I call overlooked, underreported. Um, an example is the number of uh, Christian churches that were burnt down last year in Canada, yeah. I think over 65 or something like that. Um, no, virtually very little media coverage. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the media coverage saying, well, we understand why, you know, I mean, you could imagine if <laughs> these were mosques being burnt to the ground and or, oh, yeah. or, or uh, Sikh temples or what have you, how it would still be on the front page. This, um, what this uh, group of individuals are trying to achieve, I think, falls into the category of overlooked, underreported, mm -hmm. and when reported, almost an apologist uh frame of mind. Right. And if, if anyone kind of questions that some of these things that the docuseries talks about may actually be happening, you're just deemed a conspiracy theorist. And yep. it's like, it's not like the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab are hiding their agenda. There's books about it. Like they tweet <laughs> about it. So it's, it's funny that you're deemed a conspiracy theorist when it's right out there for all to see. And I think this docuseries is going to do a great job of exposing that. Well, it's, you got to watch it, folks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And, and thank you to our team members for putting that together. Yeah. Now, uh, before I know we're rapidly running out of time, but so before we go to our chats, uh, Natasha, well, lo and behold, I can't believe this headline uh, or more appropriately, I can't believe this headline is appearing 
in a newspaper as opposed to Mad Magazine. But what am I saying? Mad Magazine went out of business in 2019. You can't parody this world anymore, folks. It's too insane it's even for Mad. World. Trans woman, that means, oh, jeez, look at that. Um, <laughs> trans woman, 29, beats girl, 13, in skateboarding competition. Oh, I'm sure it was a level playing field. I mean, a fake female, a, a biological man competing against a 13-year-old girl. You know, before I, uh, before we rant on this, let's throw to a half-minute clip of Seinfeld. Back in the 90s, this sort of stuff was the fodder for parody. I think if you do it today, uh, you're on the cusp of cr committing a hate crime. Do you remember the infamous uh, episode where Kramer joined a martial arts club? Check it out. <laughs> Are you prepared for kumite? Yes, Sansei! <laughs> Fighting stance! <laughs> Hajime, begin! You Who know, would have thought? In, incre incredible how prescient that was in yeah. terms of the uh, the trans debate. Because now you have Franken females uh, competing against biological women, and they are they're winning. They're creaming them, and yet to raise um, a cautionary flag is considered transphobic. Like, where is the feminist movement? I. I have no idea. I think the feminist movement is pretty anti-woman at this point, clearly. But the biggest thing that concerns me is that this person is probably proud that they destroyed little kids in a competition. Like, I'm sorry, but there's nothing to be proud of. You should be embarrassed. Like, wouldn't you be embarrassed if you were like, yeah, I beat those little kids? Like, what? Especially being a biological male competing against little girls. It's creepy and... Well and that's the key phrase, not kids, girls. Yeah. This is a man. Yeah. And I don't, you can take the, you know, the hormone shots. You can slice and dice your genitalia. At the end of the day, that's still a man with superior muscle mass, superior cardiovascular. That's not sexism, folks. That's just biology here. And it's the reason why that, with the exception of equestrian and auto racing, Males and females have always competed in different categories. I say this is a solution. And by the way, I would tune into this because I think it would be one hell of a freak show for the money. You have male division, female division, other division, well, and have at it. Well, that is something that um, I think it was FINA who announced to ban trans swimmers like Leah from competing against other yeah. women in sports. And I think that they are trying to consider making an other uh, category yeah. now for these people, which I think is fair. If you want to if you want to transition and you want to play sports, I'm all for it. But don't ruin women's lives, especially little kids lives like that's insane. And, you know, when and and I want to give a tip of the hat to the International Rugby Union, which has also banned uh, males from competing with females, because can you imagine rugby is oh. football without the equipment? Yeah. So someone like you, you know, imagine you've got the ball and some, you know, guy like me or bigger 
comes charging at you're going to get a broken bone attached. Yeah. Unless I'm really fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am. Uh, no. <laughs> or throw the ball into the stands or yeah. something. That's what I would do, you know. But just wear a jetpack that day. But, but that you know and um and as I've spoken to Sheila uh, about on several occasions, you can say sports, it's the toy department of life, it's fun and games uh, even if there is cheating going on. But there's a far more dire situation when it comes to this trans acceptance, and that is biological males in Canada, thanks to Justin Trudeau, simply stating that I identify as female. Mm -hmm. And when I break the law, guess what? I'm going to a female penitentiary where I can bullarize the female inmates there. It's uh, almost like having your own harem, if you can imagine. How did we get here? Yeah, well, and it's such a slippery slope because, okay, this person identifies as a male or a female, sure, but what if you start identifying as children and then these creepy adult males are allowed to go, you know, to class with little kids and they're like, well, I'm playing with you and weird stuff like that. Like, it just where do you draw the line? Like, the meaning of words matter. And I think that it's crazy that they're just trying to completely erase these definitions. But, you know, what you just said, Natasha, is completely appropriate criticism to this story. Trans woman 29 beats girl 13. Yeah. What in blue hell? You know, I can tell you, it, whether you're playing soccer, whether you're playing hockey, lacrosse, at the amateur level, for kids, there's age division. So yeah. it's, you know, the a couple of years, you're in one division, you move to the next, and, and, and so on. Um, how is it? justified that a 13-year-old biology, biological girl competes against a 29-year-old... Like a fully grown yeah. adult. Yeah. Like, you'd I be mean, wrong if it was a woman against a child. Exactly. Yeah. Even if this was a biological... I mean, I don't know anything about the skateboarding community. Maybe, you know, people can uh, uh, educate me that way. But the age difference, this person's almost... That's the almost red flag. Yes. Yeah. No, right? it's true. Like, al like, almost twice the age of this person, I think. No, more than Yeah, exactly. And um, I think the eldest that was able to compete in this competition was only, like, 17 or something. So still still over a decade older than all of the competitors. So how the hell does that happen? I have no idea. Or would keeping this trans woman out of the competition... Would that be an example of ageism? Yeah, maybe it's just... Unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, should we play one more clip before we jump into maybe some super chats? Fantastic. Or, or rants, rumble rants as they call them. I think there's this fun clip from uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Always fun. Yeah, she's, a, she's hilarious. Get it? Hilarious. Oh, good one. I'm so funny. No. <laughs> maybe we should throw to that, please, producers. And about same-sex marriages, but other justices have pushed back to say, no, he's really sort of on his own with that. Well, Don't he, believe that? Well, he may be on his own, but he's signaling, as he often did. You know, people, I went to law school with him. Mm -hmm. He's been a, a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. And he has signaled uh, in the past to lower courts, to state legislatures, find cases, pass laws, get them up. I may not win the first, the second, or the third time, but we're going to keep at it. So you're saying people pay attention to yes, this? Yes, the people he is speaking to, which are the, you know, right-wing, very conservative judges and justices and state legislatures, 
And the thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are deeply distressing. But women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. We reached out to Justice Thomas for a comment. We have not. You know, the criticism Justice Clarence Thomas is receiving, and I'm talking liberals, and I've seen it in the Twitterverse, oh, they're using racist. the N-word yeah. to describe him. They I'm are not making this so up. racist. And then I've seen, I saw a tweet from someone who called him that the N-word and in their bio had hashtag BLM. Literally, I saw that with my own two eyes. I thought I was dreaming. I was not. We are in a clown world. Um, but just going back to the clip, like, wasn't Hillary Clinton someone who said that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare? And now she's like, oh, this is an egregious decision by the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, even though, a, like, abortion legislation will still be left up to the state. Like, she's such a, like, does she remember what she said? That's a great point, Natasha. And I wonder what her position is on partial birth abortion, which yeah. isn't really an abortion uh, by it's definition. It's really, yeah, infanticide. I wonder what she thinks about the tens of millions of girls from the 1970s alone in various countries around the world that were aborted for no reason, yeah. it wasn't the mother's health, it wasn't financial reasons, but because they were girls. That's the very definition of misogyny. Yeah. I wonder where she weighs in on that. Right. Uh, but you can't get straight answers to those kind of questions. No, you certainly can't. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, and this is actually a topic that Kat and I are talking about on our show tonight, uh, the Roe v. Wade uh, su Supreme Court decision to overturn it. So definitely tune in tonight on Rebel News Plus at 7 p.m. Check out Misunderstood. It's a lot of fun, even when they tackle the serious issues like <laughs> this one, folks. Uh, so we, we do we have indeed, uh, Mrs. Producer Olivia, some super chats? Okay, then. I'll let you read them because your eyes are far better than mine. We'll see. Uh, this is from AMT60. Thank you for your dollar. Today, June 28th, the U.S. FDA will vote on the future framework, a scheme that would allow Pfizer and Moderna to reformulate COVID-19 mRNA jabs without conducting clinical trials on the new jabs. Eey. You know what? I'm not an expert on Me this either. file. I'll tell you who is, though. It's our colleague, Tamara, uh, Tamara Ugolini. Yeah. She's like the... Uh, COVID nerd, and I say that in an affectionate way, um, she yeah. just absorbs all this information like a sponge. Yeah, she's a boss. And yeah, yeah. she makes sense of it. So I'll uh, I'll reach out to her and see if she can give me a, a Reader's Digest education on that. Yeah, or send her an email. I'm sure she'd love to cover I would this. bet she's already on top of yeah, it. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> what can't she do? <laughs> Beautiful. Do we have any more? Here's from Tyler Shelton. Thank you for your five, I don't know what that is. Five library. Library, yep. thank you. Uh, Canada is a province of the WEF and UN. What Canadians want has no impact on government policy. It is dictated to us from abroad. There is no political solution. Our capital is currently an armed camp, so no one can protest. And it's going to get worse yeah. with the likes of uh, if B, uh, Bill C-11 does get royal assent, um, the censorship laws that are afoot. And uh, you don't even have to go as far as WEF connections in terms of imprisoning Canadians. Um, look at our own parliament. Yeah. You have the leader of the fourth place party, Jagmeet Singh, who on one hand 
chastises this liberal government yeah. on a daily basis and on the other hand always votes to prop them up and what is the motivation well, i'll tell you what i think it is 2025 coincidentally is six years of service for Jugbeat Singh. That's mm. the length of this gentleman's agreement, if I can call these guys gentlemen. Uh, and that means Jugmeet Singh qualifies for a pension for life. Ooh, baby. This, this I mean, what he's the like I said, he's the leader of the fourth place party. This is a party horribly in debt, thanks to the last election. Um, this is also a party, it's the when I look at the NDP today, uh, Natasha, it's a two-headed dragon. There's the classical NDP lunch bucket brigade uh, kind of MPs mm -hmm. that want pipelines built. They right. want, you know, the blue collar workers to get good, well-paying jobs. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Jugmeet Singhs, you know, wearing their Armani suits and yeah. going to Starbucks and sipping on lattes and salivating over canceling the latest pipeline project. So it is at completely at odds with itself. And I would even say it might even be a, irrelevant now because the Liberal Party today is so far left. Yeah. <laughs> Why go orange? Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Well, follow the money, honey. Yep. Follow the money. <laughs> this is from Fraser. Thank you for your $5. Diesel fuel. Over the weekend, I listened to a broadcast. The three largest diesel production plants all located on the east coast of the USA, two of which are closed. They said the U.S. will be out of diesel fuel by the end of August. What it means. What it means, no harvest, no trucks, no rail, no diesel fuel. I have heard that about planes as well. Like there's going to be a shortage of plane fuel. Yeah, you know, I think there's something to that because, you know, traditionally, more or less, if you look at diesel fuel, I know we don't have a lot of diesel powered cars in Canada, uh, much like Europe, where it's almost 50 percent. Hmm. But typically diesel fuel on average is about 10 cents a liter cheaper yeah. than regular gas. However, I've noticed that the pump, the last time I took notice, a diesel fuel was 25 cents a liter more expensive, Wow! which I think indicates, you know, uh, a supply and demand issue because I've never seen uh, the chasm that yeah. big between regular gas and diesel. And uh, yeah, and for all the smug liberals living in downtown Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, well, I don't drive anything, man. Well, how do you think your public transit bus works? How do you think the products get to the supermarket and the pharmacy? Um, it's this kind of um, virtue signaling. Yeah. I mean, or maybe it's a misbelief that what happens in the big cities uh it's the equipment is powered by, oh, I don't know, dilithium crystals or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> this is from G Melinda G60. Thank you for your $5. I love Rebel News. Texan here. Well, well thank G you. Melinda, thank you so much. Um, and we love I Texas. I'll tell you who really loves Texas. You know, Lady Menzoid always has a fantasy of planning our escape. Yeah. All right. That's how, you know, if you think I'm critical of the government, you should see what my better half has to say. And it's down to either Texas or Florida. Mm. Um, so it, maybe you can uh, write back someday and make the case for Texas. Yeah. I'm happy with either one. I've been to both states. Love them both. Love the people there a lot, too. So you we'll, know what we'll they see. say, though, what's that? The Canadian dream is moving to America. <laughs> yeah. so, hopefully we'll see you one day. That's true. <laughs> this is from Wrong Way 54. Thank you for your two dollars. 
Sounds like Friday will be interesting. Will there be snipers on the roofs again? Goodness gracious. I hope not. Great question. I assume there will be. That's insane. Well, it's insane to us, but what it is for the government, this is what I would call law enforcement theater. You know, we were there at the end of April for Rolling Freedom. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sorry, the, Rolling Thunder. Yeah, the motorcade. Yeah. The motorcade. And only a few motorcycles got into downtown. But the... Um, the Friday night, I'll never forget, and it was various law enforcement services for Durham Region, York Region, uh, the RCMP, the Ottawa Police Service, etc. And it was on, you know, the street leading, uh, I guess, I guess it would be the extension of Wellington Street where Parliament is. And it was the most perverse thing I've ever seen. It was these columns, like marching in army style, cordoning off, you know, a few meters of road at a time for what end? There was no end. Of course I not. mean, the, all the shops were closed, right? And it was all street theater. Ugh. And um, so I think, yeah, you will see snipers on the roof. These guys know they're not going to be needed. Uh, it's very unlikely they'll be needed, I should say. And uh, But it is to further vilify and demonize the people showing up that this might be a threat to our democracy. This might be an insurrection that's going to happen on Parliament Hill. You're not going to see that. Trust me. Um, it's just Canadians that love their freedom and their charter rights mm -hmm. trying to have a peaceful protest, but because they're on the wrong side of the political ideology when it comes to the Trudeau Liberals, they're being denied that. It's a free place, huh? Yeah. Things well, are freedom ain't free. Hey, no kidding. This is from Al Kramer. Thank you for your $50. Wow, that's so generous. Um, go Rebel News, go. We need more people to wake up. This liberal shit show must go. <laughs> You're a <Yeah>. good poet. <laughs> um, and thank you for that generous donation. Yeah. Uh, I, what do you think? Um, in On paper or by that general's agreement, uh, gentleman's agreement that I mentioned earlier, Natasha, 2025, which I can't even foresee. I mean, I, I know in geological time, that's a blink of an eyelash, but in political time, that's several eternities. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're going to have to wait that long to have a, a federal election? I don't know. I have a feeling Trudeau's going to try his hand at the majority. Don't you think? I, I think he's pretty cocky. Like, I, I feel like he'd try anyway. I was surprised to see him win the last election, to oh, be yeah. honest. Well, um, but... I'm not, because we saw what happened to Aaron O'Toole yeah. when he turned into Mr. Dithers 2.0. Yeah. I'm of two minds of Justin Trudeau. Because he's an egomaniac, he can go either way. Yeah. Which is, I'm going to run again and get either re-elected or, as you said, get that majority. Mm -hmm. Or, because he's an egomaniac, once again, I can't bear the thought of being defeated. So maybe like Brian Mulroney tossing the keys uh, to the Cadillac to Kim Campbell in 1993, right. where you had a supermajority government become what I call the Mazda Miata party, mm -hmm. two seats left for the, for the then progressive conservative uh, party. Um, I could see Justin Trudeau out of uh, hubris and ego um, taking that step, hmm. uh, Natasha, so that he doesn't suffer the brunt of... Uh, uh, defeat and, go, and, and passes off. Look, it wasn't my fault. I, yeah. 
I gave her the car in perfectly good order and she drove it off a cliff. That's yeah. what he would do. Yeah, that's a good point. God willing, that's the case. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do we have any more? Should probably wrap things up here pretty soon. Oh, All right. We so we have Aqua Skies 3636. Thank you for your dollar. Why is abortion now considered birth control? Jagmeet voted for sex selection abortion last year. Yeah, so mm. did Pierre Polyev. So just yeah. saying. Yeah. You know what? Um, well, you know, uh, what as a female, I think you're a female and you're still identifying as a female. Yeah, I'm still identifying for now. Yeah. Where do you weigh in on this, Natasha? On the abortion issue? Well, I believe I follow the science, y'all. Life begins at conception. So that's really the basis for me. Um, I don't think it like we wouldn't murder any other defenseless class of citizens. So why are we why is there a weird attack on babies in the womb? Like, it's insane. Yeah. And with the Supreme Court decision, it's not an illegalization no, of abortion. No, absolutely it's not. It's putting it into the hands of the state. Yeah. And if you're in a red state and you are and you want to go get an abortion, just move to a blue state or go to a blue state. Like, whatever. And, you know, and this is mystifying to me, the media narrative of, will um, women have to fly, American women have to fly to Canada or Italy to get that abortion? No, why would you fly to another nation, right? Um, I I could see um, uh, an abortion tourism market in California or New York where they have very liberal abortion laws. Yeah, up to nine months, guys, go there. Unbelievable. Yeah, truly. And Uh, From G Melinda 60 again. Thank you for your $5. Texas is a whole other country. East Texas is the Piney Woods. Oh, well, there, there you go. We well, you know what? I, I know Texans do have that, you know, bravado, I would say. Yeah. It's almost a nation within a nation. Um, it's yes. the second largest state, I, I do so, believe. Yeah. They, yeah, they have a strong identity for sure, which is, yes. I appreciate and uh, but there's a can-do attitude there, mm-hmm. and they don't put up with BS. I will say this much: if Texas ever flips from blue to red, or even becomes purple, uh, you might never see a Republican party uh, voted on again. And and that is one of the dilemmas when you have people fleeing red states, primarily because the taxes are so out of control and mm-hmm. they go to uh, blue states. Yeah. And the first thing, um, or did I get my... They go to the red states, blue to red. Yeah. yeah you know what? Because yeah. in Canada, I'm sorry, folks, the color scheme is... Yeah, it is. The it's red off. is the liberal and the yeah. blue is conservative. It's all so confusing. It is, yeah. But, you know, they they move to, uh, uh, you know, right of center states, so I don't get uh, color confused. And they'll go to Florida and they'll go to Texas and they'll settle in the community and they'll go, you know what? How come we don't have bike paths here? And how come we don't have a special community? Say, you know, we should raise tax. And, and they start to turn it yeah. into the state they, they left They bring from. their crappy politics <laughs> yeah, with them. Right. Don't do that, y'all. Like, don't yeah. do that. Just stay in crappy California, you know? Yeah. Like, just, just stay there. I think that uh, those who are Republicans would appreciate it if you didn't come and infest their state. Indeed. So... Do we have any more? All right. Yes, we do. This is from Orizia. Thank you for your $10. I'm getting into this trans stuff. I now identify as a young person, even though I'm 73. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I think so. Well, I think that's how it works. And conversely, can a 14-year-old go into a liquor store and buy hard booze? I'm um, going to try it. I'm only 17. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I wow. identify as a 17-year-old. So. I had no idea, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the wrinkles he's just but you get carded i am sure i did get i do yeah. yes it's a compliment it's the sweat 
<laughs> just keeps me young. <laughs> Do we have any more? We're done. That's it. That's right. it. Well, thank well, y'all for tuning in. You want to take it away? Natasha, time flies with you as always. <laughs> I want to thank everyone behind the board, Olivia and Efren. Danny. Danny, thank you. Mm -hmm. I always forget Danny for some reason. She's unforgettable, so you got to work uh, on indeed. that. Indeed. Yeah. No, so uh, no offense, and thank you for <laughs> no filling offense. in for Sheila. Sheila, by the way, couldn't make it, not because she's a... Um, you know, a slaggard or anything like that. Um, she's covering a very important uh, court case mm -hmm. and uh, she was needed for that. So thank you so much, Natasha. Anytime. There'll be two other Rebel News reporters here on Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. In the meantime, folks, stay sane. Drea Humphrey here with Rebel News and Lincoln J, who's behind the camera, have arrived at Halifax Convention Center because the Mass Casualty Commission is about to have proceedings and we're going to give you full reports on that. That is the public inquiry probing into Canada's largest mass shooting and also giving us concerning details about a unfolding RCMP Trudeau scandal. You're going to get full reports and also live tweets on what happens right away at firelucky.com. And if you appreciate that Canada's largest independent media is come all the way to Nova Scotia to bring you these reports, please help us cover the costs to do so at firelucky.com as well. Drea Humphrey for Rebel News.